2014. The Orioles, I'm an Orioles fan. I don't think anybody in this church is really a baseball fan, but I am, so it's what I relate to. Um, the Orioles were in the ALS, ALDS, the Divisional Series, and um, they were tied with the, the, the Detroit Tigers. And it was the eighth or ninth inning, and one of their players hit a, a, a clearing double that brought in three runs, and the Orioles went ahead, and the whole stadium just erupt, erupted in song. Um, just all together, 40, 40 plus thousand people. We sing at sporting events, we sing at concerts, we sing at birthdays, we sing at funerals. We sing in the shower sometimes. Um, we were created to sing. This probably won't come as a surprise to many of you, but singing is something that has been a major part of my life over the years. I remember when I was about four, four years old or so, um, and I was made to sing a song about Zacchaeus as part of a school play. And um, I say made to because I was, I just remember to this day, I was completely terrified. <laughs> completely terrified. Anyway, I stood up on a box that was somehow made to look like a tree, and I sang, I've got to see Jesus, so climb up a tree. I've got to see Jesus, I hope he sees me. Terrifying, terrifying. I can remember singing as a kid gathered around for family devotions. I can remember singing How Great Thou Art um, over my mother's failing body right before she passed along to her heavenly home. Some of my greatest memories have been um, gathered around with the, the people of God on Sunday mornings, much like we did this morning, um, with my brothers and sisters proclaiming the greatness of God. Just wonderful, wonderful times week after week, um, singing together. But the question is, why do we sing? Why do we sing as a church? Think about it. We come in every single Sunday, and we kind of do the same thing. We sing these songs. We sing together. Do you ever wonder why? Why we do this? Why do we spend roughly like 26 hours a year singing together? Why do Christians sing at all? It's a simple question, but one that I think we need to answer. This morning I want to answer that question. I want to answer the question of why we sing. So, Without further ado, let's turn to God's word and let's read Psalm 96, verses 1 through 3. It says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all the peoples. So our first point this morning, our first point is we sing to worship God. We sing to worship God. Real quick, before we dive into that point, I want to define worship. Worship's something that we, th we throw that word around a lot, okay? Um, in the late 90s, there was this explosion of contemporary worship music that's really continued until now. 
Um, I think we can all agree that when we hear the word worship being talked about, often it's said in the context of singing and music. And though this is true, worship is so much more than just singing and music. Bob Coughlin defines worship as our enabled response to God's self-revelation to His glory in Christ, empowered by the Spirit in ways that glorify God in our minds and in our actions. In Hebrews 13, we read, Through Him, through Jesus, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. In Romans 12, verse 1, it says, Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So here we see in Scripture that worship is more than just singing. Worship is really to affect every area of our life. It's part of every area of our lives. It's Worship is not just singing to God. It's an important part, but it's not the end all. It, it should, uh, worship, our worship should affect every area of our life, that all of our lives are, 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 it will, will be a sacrifice to the Lord. Every part of the church service is, is worship. Our, the preaching, prayer, the giving, and the singing. This morning we're discussing this one facet of worship. It's a big one. We're discussing the singing as worship. So we sing, our first point again, our, we sing to worship God. Verse 1 says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. First, let's not forget, let's not lose the fact that it's a miracle that we can sing to God at all. Think about it for a minute. We get to address in song the God who created all things. This is the God who, by him, all things hold together. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this God. This is the God who cannot be around sin and and is not tempted by sin. This is the God who is a father to us and has shown his love to us by sending Jesus. We were a people who were once separated from him, but he has made us close. When we get to worship this God, we get to address him. We get to sing to him. And that, in and of itself, is a gift. It is a gift that we even get to worship him, that we even get to sing to him. Worship is also a commandment. David doesn't say, Sing to the Lord a new song if you're, if you're having a good day. He commands, sing to the Lord all the earth. There are 50 direct commands in Scripture to sing. There are 40 mentions of singing in the Bible. The longest book in the Bible is a hymn book, Psalms. In the New Testament, there are two Scriptures, Colossians um, 3.16 and Ephesians 5.19, where we're commanded to sing. In Zephaniah, God sings, it says God sings over us with love. In Hebrews 2.12, we, we read that Jesus sang at the Last Supper. Jesus' final words on the cross were of a psalm. And in eternity, we're going to sing forever and ever and ever. 
Worship is a commandment. Worship is a commandment. Now, not everyone, I understand not everyone likes to sing. Um, I, I can imagine there's some people, some of you are sitting here like, you're thinking to yourself, hey man, um, singing's great and all, but, and I, I really like to hear people sing, but I don't sing. I just don't do it. Never have and never will. Um, maybe you think you sing too high or too low, or maybe you struggle to sing on pitch. Um, I think for those of you who are maybe in that place right now, I just want to say that singing is not as hard as I think we've made it out to be. Um, and it is commanded. Now, I could try to convince you um, of why you should sing. I could try to convince you by presenti- presenting to you a, a doctoral dissertation on the psychological benefits of singing. Or I could try to convince you by quoting Calvin or Luther. Um, but I think a great example comes from the movie Elf, honestly, where Buddy the Elf um, defines singing like this. He says, singing is, is just like talking, except longer and louder, and you move your voice up and down. Singing is just like talking, except longer and louder, and you move your voice up, up and down. If you're in Christ, if you're in Christ, you have a song to sing. When God hears your singing, he's not thinking, oh, they're good. That's really bad. All singing God delights in all of our singing. It doesn't matter how it sounds necessarily. It doesn't matter. God enjoys our singing. Our singing is meant to be done by the people of God, not professionals, not just professionals. Notice in in verse 2, it says we are called to sing and to bless his name. God likes when we bless his name. He delights when we declare who he is. He finds joy in our voices being raised. So we sing to worship God. Point number two, we sing to build ourselves and one another up in the Lord. We sing to build ourselves and one another up in the Lord. So verse 1 in the first part of verse 2, we have this picture of our singing being directed to the Lord. And then in the second part of verse 2, it says, tell of his salvation from day to day. So you have this upward, upward idea of singing to the Lord, and then it kind of moves to, to an outward singing to those around you. So we're called to sing to the Lord in verse 1 and then sing to one another in the second part of verse 2. So we sing to build ourselves and one another up in the Lord. First, we, sing to, we should sing to ourselves regularly. We can sing of his salvation. We can sing of his good works by singing to ourselves. 
The songs we sing help us to or remind us of who God is and what he has done. The songs we sing have the ability to express and direct our affections. The psalmist sings to himself in Psalm 42. He's not in a good place in Psalm 42. David's discouraged. In verse 5, he says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Two times in this, in this chapter, David, um, David calls himself, he sings to himself, Hope in God. Hope in God. We should sing to ourselves regularly. The goal for the songs that we sing is that we'll be able to recall them throughout the week and that we'll, they will be able to shape how we view the world. Listen, we're, we are being bombarded more and more by the things of this world, okay? You get on social media and it's very easy to start comparing yourself to a social media influencer, all the while forgetting that that social media influencer spends all day trying to present the perfect image of themselves, an image that you'll never be able to compare to. We're being bombarded daily by the world. We, we see headlines of wars, the war between Russia and Ukraine right now. We, the political unrest that's been going on for the last several, several years, social unrest, we get it. When we're, when we're outside of this book, we're just, it's a constant barrage. The songs that we sing, are, the singing is a way, is a means that God's given us to remind us and to ground us into who he is. Just as a side note, when Ben and Ryan and myself, when we're picking songs um, for us to sing, we, we want these songs to be just as applicable on Sunday mornings as, as they are throughout the week. We want them to be, we want these songs to be sung in times of rejoicing, in times of hardship. We don't want to just sing songs that give us goosebumps on Sunday mornings. We want the songs that, that we sing, we want them to be rooted and grounded in the truths of Scripture that can sustain us when the goosebumps fade and everything seems to be closing in around us during the week. So for the parent who is just tired of correcting their children and just feels like a failure, they can be reminded of the lyric from before the throne of God above that says, when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin." Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. Or when someone is stressed out at their job or maybe fearful of losing their job, they can be reminded of the lyric from the song, I Lay It All, which says, When troubles come, when darkness crowds, when fortunes fail and lost surrounds, my soul is weak, but Christ is strong, and so to him I leave it all. For he who holds all things can bear each care I bring. So I lay it all on Jesus. Steadfast is the love of Jesus. He hears my cry. He's faithful. I lay it all on Jesus. There have been times in my own life where the Lord has brought a song to mind that has greatly helped me. 
I, I, I remember when I was in the hospital recovering from my cardiac arrest. I awoke from my coma, and almost immediately, the song that came to mind was Christ, Our Hope in Life and Death. Again, I'm reading these songs because if we take time to just read through them, I think we can be even more encouraged than just singing them. So this is a point of application real quick. Print off a song that we sing. You can email me or whatever, and just maybe pick a song a week for a little while and just read through it and, and pray it over yourself. Let it encourage you. Anyway, Christ our hope in life and death. I'm going to read the lyrics. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone. What is our only confidence? That our souls in him belong. Who holds our days within his hand? What comes apart from his command? And what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand. Verse 2 says, What truth can calm the troubled soul? God is good. God is good. Where is his grace and goodness known? In our great Redeemer's love, blood. Who holds our faith when fears arise? Who stands above the stormy trials? Who sends the waves that bring us nigh into the shore, the rock of Christ? Unto the grave, what will we sing? Christ he lives, Christ he lives. And what reward will heaven bring? Everlasting life with him. And then, oh, sing hallelujah. Oh, our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah. Now and ever we confess. Christ, our hope in life and death. This was just so refreshing for me in the hospital. We, in the midst of the pandemic, I didn't see anybody for a week. I had scripture that sustained me and saw I, these songs that were coming to me. They, it was refreshing for my soul. Singing to ourselves can encourage us. Singing to ourselves can build us up. We can be built up. Another way that we um, can be built up and encouraged in our faith is by singing to one another. In Colossians 3, 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. So here we have this picture of being taught and encouraged and admonished and being built up through the singing of songs, through the singing of hymns and spiritual songs. Singing is a gift that we bring on Sunday mornings, a gift for our souls and a gift for those around us. It's a means for our understanding of God and the gospel to be expanded. One of the most important things we can do is sing together. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't teach or preach. You're never going to do that. You feel really uncomfortable. You never stand up here and preach. or You really don't feel called to teaching the kids back there. But you can sing. You can join together. It's the one thing that we all actively participate in on Sunday mornings. We, when we sing together, we encourage one another that Jesus is who he says he is. Sometimes, here, I'll ask you a question. Have you ever walked in and just not wanted to sing? Like, you've, like maybe it's been a really rough week or you're just like completely exhausted. And you just don't want to do it. We all gather together um, to lift one another up 
So when one's suffering, you can encourage them through your singing and help to remind them and help to teach them and encourage them that God is who he says he is and, and lift those around you up. Because sometimes we walk in and we just don't want to sing. And it's, it's everyone else's opportunity to encourage and to build your brother and sister up who's had a hard week. So the first reason we sing is to worship God. Second is, is the, the second reason that we sing is to build ourselves and one another up. Um, through singing, singing to ourselves and singing to one another on Sunday mornings. The third um, reason that we sing is to declare good news to the world. In verse 3, it says, Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. You know, Christianity is the only religion that where we sing, we gather together and we sing. Buddhists don't sing. Hindus don't sing. Muslims don't sing. But we do. It's because we have a song to sing. We have good news to sing about. The good news of Jesus. We don't just sing because... We don't sing to talk about what we have to do to get to God. We sing about the God who has done everything for us. That's why we gather to sing. We have a song to sing. We have good news to proclaim to the world. We proclaim his marvelous works. Do you know that there are people who walk through these doors on Sunday mornings? They walk in to Village Commons Community Center, and they don't know about Jesus. Or maybe they think they do, but they don't. We have the opportunity every Sunday morning to declare God's greatness, to declare God's greatness to the people who walk through the doors on Sunday mornings. We have the opportunity to declare his greatness. Maybe, maybe there's somebody who walks in the door and they're just, they're just struggling or they're, they're struggling with anxiety or depression. We have the opportunity to declare week in and week out the, great, the good news of Jesus. So what is this good news? Let's be reminded of the good news of the gospel. We can always be reminded of the good news of the gospel. God is holy. God cannot sin. Adam and Eve were created perfect, but they fell and they sinned and they were separated from God, making all people from then on separated from God. Sin is terrible. Sin is a disease. It infects all of us. The wages of sin is death. We need forgiveness. We need something to happen to make this disease go away. We need forgiveness. 
The good news that we sing about and we declare is that God out of love sent Jesus to pay the price of our sin on the cross and to bring us close to God. So there's no more, any, no more separation. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is the good news that we come to declare and we come to sing the good news of the gospel. We sing, it, it says in verse 3, declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. We get to not only declare the good news of the gospel, we get to declare the wonder of the God that we, we, we serve. We get to declare His marvelous works. That He, this God created all things. In Luke 12, verse 7, we're reminded that He knows every hair on our head. In Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, we read about the Father who, who loves and cares for His children. In Psalm 147, 4, we're reminded that He not only knows every star in the universe, but He has given it a name. We get to proclaim these things to the world. Scientists are still studying the stars and they've only un unpacked a small amount of the stars. And the God that we serve, he knows them all. He knows where they are and he's given them a name. And he's, it's always been that way. From the very beginning of time, he put them there and he knows their name. This is the God that we sing about. These are the things that we declare In Psalm 91, we're reminded that He is our refuge and He is our fortress. In Jeremiah 33, verse 3, says that He answers us when we call to Him. We declare His glorious, His marvelous deeds to the nations. We're reminded in, in Psalm 90 that God does not change from everlasting to everlasting. He is God. Listen, this world is changing so fast from day to day. I mean, just look at the stock market. Just crazy town. And just things on the world stage are just shifting. We don't know what's going to happen. Everything could just go to hell in a handbasket tomorrow in this world. But you know what doesn't change? Our God. He is from everlasting to everlasting, and he's sovereignly working out his plan. His plan. And it will be a masterful one. So church, we have a song to sing. We can declare to the nations the good news of the gospel. We can declare to the world all that God has done. So church, as the world turns, as wars rage, as darkness seems to run rampant, let's sing all the louder and proclaim the greatness of God. Let's proclaim to the world that he's the promise keeper. He's the miracle maker. He's the giver of every perfect thing, the sustainer of our lives. Let's sing and let's continue to sing and build one another up and declare the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost, broken, and suffering world. Let's continue to sing together as we look to the day when every wrong will be made right, where tears and suffering will be no more. Let's continue to sing until the day that we join with those who have gone before us.
along with every tribe and tongue gathered around the throne room in heaven in worship of Jesus Christ, the great lamb who was slain. Let's continue to sing and proclaim. Let's pray. Lord, we we thank you for this time. I pray that it will be um, encouraging to all of us as it's been encouraging to me this week to study. Lord, I thank you that we sing to worship. We worship you in our singing and our song. We sing to remind ourselves and to remind one another and to build one another up as we sing about your greatness and who you are and what you've accomplished on the cross. And Lord, I pray that as we sing, people will be saved through our singing as they hear the gospel message proclaimed. Lord, may you do wonderful things in our midst through our singing, through our preaching, through our prayers, through all of us joining together in unity, proclaiming these truths. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.